Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Where to hunt Where podcast. To hunt it's, podcast. It's, it's, okay. It's, okay. it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Hi, I'm Dan Small, host of Outdoor Wisconsin, and I listen to Where to Hunt. Boom. And, uh, it's okay. I'm Kurt Geyer with Working Class Bow Hunter. I listen to Where to Hunt podcast, and it's decent. It's all right. Hey, this is Bud Fisher with Catching Deers, and I think the Where to Hunt podcast is all right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts, a.k.a. also known as... The OKS Podcast in the Midwest coming to you from the OKS Hunter Podcast Studio uh, right here in Wisconsin. Greg, what's going on, buddy? Oh, you know, uh, same old stuff, another week. How about you? Yes, yeah, a short week. Looks it's a like holiday guys... week. Sure. So, um, Looks like you guys had a good deer camp. It was fun, man. Um, I think we did all right, you know. It was a good, it was a good deer camp. Tons of fun, new memories made, some fun quotes, a <laughs> uh, bunch of deer down and, and meat in the freezer, man. So it's, it's cool. Very uh, happy with how it went. Huh? I'm really tired today though. I don't know what it is. It's like, I think it's Tuesday. It's the second day of the week and I'm more tired today than I was yesterday. So I'm not sure what's really going on here, but um, bear with me tonight. We can blame the weather. Yeah, we could do that. My uh, kids built a snowman this morning, so that was neat. Yeah, we got a couple of a real light dusting, and it was enough. It was pretty wet, so they, they rolled a couple snowballs around and made a little miniature snowman. Cool. Yeah, I just missed a sneeze there for everybody watching. If you're curious as to what the heck just happened with my face, I was about to sneeze. Uh, let's get into the sponsor callouts real quick. I did want to mention there's a couple of things. So um, let's see here. OKS Hunter is running a, I think it's like a, 20% discount um, on a, their stickers and their, the, actually the hat I'm wearing, the leather patch hat with uh, the okay stand. I'll put that on the camera there. Um, I think you got to use code deer season 2020 and that'll save you some money there. Uh, so that's pretty freaking neat. Um, I'd say. Yeah. And you know, I don't know for those that don't know, like, I talk about it like it's this other entity, but it's my other entity um, and, uh, you know, co-founder of that. So it's me and a buddy. But um, what's really cool is, you know, I say we give back to conservation or OKS Hunter gives back to conservation. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to go and volunteer as part of that because 2% for conservation requires that you uh, dedicate 1% of your time throughout the year uh, and 1% of your total uh, revenue to their organization and you, you get to pick the organization it goes to. So um, I found myself volunteering at the Waukesha County Land Conservancy, cutting up a bunch of buckthorn with my daughter a couple weekends ago, two weekends ago. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. 
So for, awesome. for those that are like, you know, um, wondering how that all works or what that looks like, it's, it's pretty legit. I think. Um, yeah, anyway, I'm looking something up while I'm trying to talk, so I'm multitasking. I'm not doing a good job, so I apologize. What say about multitasking? Uh, only men can do it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, no, multitasking makes you stupid. Yeah, that's true, because I feel pretty stupid right now. Okay, uh... Before I play our bumpers, we do... Uh, so, Spartan Forge. For those that haven't heard of Spartan Forge yet, they're just starting to kind of emerge out in, like, the social media world. Um, they're starting to work with a couple of, like, ambassadors, um, some folks that really are, are known to put big deer down. Um, I know some of those folks, and, and I'm excited to see how this is going to be utilized in the hunting community. But if you don't know, go to SpartanForge.ai, and um, you can use code W2H for... 20% off of um, their subscription. And right now they're still in beta mode, but it's going to be uh, launching very, very soon. So um, for these kind of first comers, you can actually get a pretty nice discount by using the code W2H. I don't, that's the, like we were just joking last week that we're the 10 percenters, not anymore. So Spartan Forge just put a lot of faith in us <laughs> to, to help people out. So honestly, like go sign up, please. It's a, it's a great platform for those that aren't familiar with what it does, it helps you it helps you plan for when you should be putting time in the woods uh, based on millions of data points that they've collected with collared deer over the last five to seven years and pitted that data against like collision data, moon phase data, weather data, all of this other data, and they've made these predictive models that'll tell you when the average deer should be on hoof based on peak breeding season. So pretty cool platform. If I don't say so myself, I've been using it. And this is the first year I got a buck with my bow. So, coincidence? I don't know. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Fleet Farm. So, I went to Fleet Farm on Friday before the gun opener and I splurged. <laughs> Dude, I got so much stuff that I didn't need. Um, and lots of groceries. And uh, if you want to save some money at Flea Farm, you certainly can do that. The code, though, will work online. So, you can do your online Christmas shopping there. Uh, get stuff like shipped to your house or wherever, or you can do in-store pickup. So you can purchase online, use our code to get the discount of 10% uh, and then go pick it up when it's convenient for you. So the code there is W2H10. Um, you know, you can get your gear there, you can get your gas there, you can get your beer there, you can get your snacks there, you can get all sorts of stuff there. There are uh, some limitations on what you can buy. You can't like use it for gas and lottery tickets and tobacco and alcohol. That's a shame. Um, gift cards also are on that list. And then there's some other like pretty prominent brands or maybe you won't be able to use it, but for virtually everything else, you're good to go. Um, so really happy with that. And I got to give some stuff away from all the people that called into the show last week. So keep on the lookout for that. I'll get that announcement out this week. So, okay. We got two more to go, right? Well, at least two, if not three. <laughs> two more bumpers. I'm thinking about me. So, okay, here's one. In a tree stand or simply waking up, it's important to be alert. And there's no better way to get there than with Backwoods Grind Coffee. Ground fresh for every order, delivered straight to your door. Backwoods Grind Coffee. Take a look at your feet. Are you wearing Gum Leaf USA boots? You said no. You gotta reevaluate some things. 
pairs handmade and tested to take over a million flexes. These boots will take just about anything you can throw at them. Use promo code W2H2020 for 10% off your final purchase at gumleafusa.com. Boom, that's right. And for Backwoods Grind, by the way, the code, uh, for those that don't know, is W2H Podcast for 10% off. I brought it to Deer Camp, and we drank a lot of Backwoods Grind coffee. Uh, everyone had some. Everyone loved it. It's super good. Stunk up the whole house in the best way possible, so that was pretty neat. And uh, last but not least, for me on my nice. end, the official uh, drink of Deer Camp here. All right. This is a Drop Time Spirits. I'll just get a word in for those guys as I pour a glass. Uh, that was a huge hit at Deer Camp also. I'm just going to let you do your thing now i'll shut up all right well last but not least we got vector custom shop if you're looking for a custom built to your spec type of arrow go check out vectorcustomshop.com uh, you can try out a two-pack build two different arrows to your spec different weights different spines if you want and uh, give them a test flight once you figure out what is working best for you head back over to vectorcustomshop.com and uh, order up a half dozen or a dozen. And when you go to check out, use code WHERE to hunt, and that'll save you 10%. We're just saving people money for the holidays here. That's what's happening. Trying to. Trying to. Use those codes, folks. Save yourself some money. All right. So that took a minute. I guess we have more there than we thought. Uh, hey, welcome to the show. Well, we have a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Austin Cantola. Austin Please tell me I said your last name correctly. You did. You nailed it. Yes. All right. We're off to a good start. So with us online is Austin Cantola <laughs> with Genesis 3D Printing out of Michigan. Um, dude, thanks for being on the show. I know we planned this out a little while ago, but here we are. And um, how's it going over in Michigan? How's your season been going? You been out hunting or just working on the business? Uh, a little mix of everything. Um, it's going interesting. I haven't put one down yet. Um, it's, uh, it's been a fun year just to get out in the woods and whatnot, but it's been <laughs> a little uneventful for me. I've had a few good encounters, but nothing super crazy. Um, but every time out in the woods, just an awesome time just to get away and just kind of hang out and just take in all the beauty. So couldn't agree that's, more. that's pretty much what us hunter says that hasn't shot, shot a deer yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, you have to, you have to take the, you have to appreciate it, you know, for sure. Uh, getting a deer is obviously the bonus, mm -hmm. but getting out there is also the bonus to life. So getting a deer is the bonus to hunting. Oh yeah. For sure. Uh, well, dude, tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about yourself. Um, it sounds like you're a whitetail hunter, so I'm assuming you are, um, you know, when did you yeah. kind of get into hunting and what do you love to hunt? How do you like to hunt? Um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good place to start. Yeah. yeah so, okay. Yeah. So my name, Austin Cantola, um, born and raised in Michigan. I actually was born on the east side of the state. And then before I was one year years old, um, I moved back to the west side of the state where my parents did. My dad's from where I'm at right now, where I live is Ravana, Michigan. It's kind of like a Muskegon area. Um, so across the pond for you guys. Um, but so I, I started hunting probably, shoot, I didn't, I remember my first experience hunting I went out in the in a box line with my dad, and I filmed him turkey hunting. <laughs> um, so I don't know why, but that was just my first memory of hunting with him. Um, but ever since I was a young age, my dad used to take us with him while he hunts. Even though we're not hunting, we're just with him. 
Um, so tons of experiences with that. Um, so grew up just around uh, just being outdoors and being in a hunting family. My dad grew up in a family that's just a bunch of farmers. Um, he was one of five like boys. So just it's kind of in our blood um, or just in who we are. Uh, so I am a primarily a whitetail hunter. Uh, I, I would say that's pretty much all I hunt right now. I don't even hunt turkeys um, just because I'm just I'm very passionate about whitetails and it just kind of takes up um, all, all of my time and just all my focus is focusing on trying to outsmart these smart creatures so yeah that's kind of my journey I, I i could tell you a short little story my my first really cool experience whitetail hunting i wasn't hunting my brother was and my dad had all three of us my brother my sister and i climb up this wooden platform stand he called it the platform stand and all four of us could sit up there and it was like youth season and my brother was shotgun hunting and I remember I brought some toys up with me because I was probably I think I was probably 10 years old and so I'm playing with my toys and I got tired so I fell asleep laying on the platform we were probably like 20 22 feet up in the air and I remember my dad like kind of like kicking me and telling me to be quiet and I look up and there's this really nice eight point walking at us through the corn and I just kind of sat there and looked and waited. And then my brother squeezed the trigger and I just, it was crazy just watching that deer take off and looking up at him and seeing all the excitement on my dad's face and my brother and my sister and I, it was just unreal. So from that moment, I was just kind of hooked on it, even though I was sleeping during the experience. It's um, <laughs> part of the experience. Yeah, kind of, kind of, uh, oh yeah, for sure. It made, it made a pretty good memory and a pretty good story to tell people that my first memorable moment was me sleeping on the job kind of thing. <laughs> That's pretty funny, man. I was getting, I was getting crap for, uh, falling asleep over the gun season. I'm like, dude, I got two kids, one year old and three year old. Like I'll take any sleep I can get. <laughs> like, come on, different world. No, that's super cool, man. So you, you're oh, a yeah. passionate whitetail hunter. You're in Michigan. It sounds like, uh, you're hunting private land. Is that right? Yeah, mostly private land up here. Um, the last few years, I've been starting to get more into public land. Um, it seems like just, I don't know, there's a drive to get go out and adventure and find, I don't know, new un, uncharted territories, even though in Michigan it's hard to find that with public land. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say primarily I hunt mostly public or private land. No, private, private land is uh... a got its own challenges and I think it's the other side of the coin, you know, it's like a whole, a whole different beast and one that I, that I don't do, but I honestly wouldn't mind. And I know it pre presents a whole different suite of challenges, but, um, it's cool. So as a, as a whitetail hunter, um, like, I guess, what's your professional background with how you got into, um, the business for Genesis 3d printing? Like, did you have a degree in like engineering or oh, yeah. did you really, have a job like how how did this all start like what what happened what were the chain of events that led to this yeah so um i grew up with just kind of this mechanical mindset and knew from a young age like and my parents kind of pushed me towards it because they knew how my i was wired but um i went to school at a school here in michigan called fair state university university up uh, north of us about about an hour north of us from where we're at in west michigan um, studied mechanical engineering up there um, and 
within, I think it was five and a half years because I did football when I was up there. I was a kicker on the football team. Um, got a degree in that and uh, went to work at a place in West Michigan area. Work there still called Gentex Corporation. Um, I'm a process engineer there. So I've kind of, my background is like what you said. It's kind of obvious when you look at my business and what I do um, that my focus is kind of on the engineering side and designing things up and then 3D printing them and then making them available for guys to add to their system if they want it. So yeah, my, my background is from a young age playing with Legos. <laughs> designing stuff in my head and making it actually something that's real yeah i was like a lincoln log kid and then like some other kids had like connects and i was like i don't get it <laughs> like <laughs> so definitely not an engineer don't worry connects was above my head too <laughs> oh man greg what did you what were you into as a kid just out on the land chasing chasing frogs and turtles or what oh a little bit of that and then lego sets and whatever whatever stuff dad would leave lay out my brother and i would get into so um the lawnmower was subject to some sort of torture and so were every electronic appliance in our house so we thought it was a victory if we could put it back together and it would work again yeah you're a, it was always a race a to see if we could get it back together before before my dad got home from work usually <laughs> so oh man how yeah. many times did you fail on that mission uh, actually, I watched my brother. My brother was a little bit more uh, into it than I was, I think. I just kind of sat back and watched him. But uh, there was a few times that the lawnmower didn't start or a fan wouldn't turn on again. So Dad, Dad kind of figured that out after a while when some of his tools went missing or he would they would show up in another location, not in the toolbox. <laughs> and he knew we Damn were it. up to no good. Damn <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, so oh, breadcrumb. Austin, so you, you're doing the, like the designing, like at what point were you like, Oh, I could probably design this. Like I'm assuming being out in the woods and using the equipment that you have and the gear that you had found some gaps in some of the products that are out in the market. Um, maybe talk about that a little bit. Like how did you, what was the first product you brought to market? Um, like how did you kind of stumble on? I'm going to yeah. do this. Yeah, so kind of like what you said, you asked, what what do I primarily hunt on, private or public? Um, one year, we were we were going down to Missouri, and where we typically hunted, um, we got permission from this guy just because we made a struck up a relationship with him, and he had his his lease for sale for I think it was like three years, and then finally the year last year we we're there, um, somebody ended up buying it, and so we we're like, oh crap, so that kind of spurred on this whole thing. Well, we still want to go to Missouri, but let's try public land. Like let's, let's really look at that. And that was like my first taste of public land. And so I bought a tree stand um, that was supposed to be a portable tree stand and started practicing, like taking it out on hunts on private land here in Michigan. And I was like, this is miserable. And I'm only walking like, like 200 to 300 yards. I feel like I just physically can't do this. And, I was like, man, I feel like this is wrong. Like, what am I doing wrong? And so I started like trying it out and I was like, I just can't do this. And so I, I literally typed in like lightweight hunting solution or something like that on Google or YouTube. And I think like it was like G2 Outdoors, like Greg, Greg Godfrey's, his videos just popped up and started talking about paddles and uh, sit drags and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So I, I 
invested in a sit drag and a rock climbing harness and started playing around with it. And I was like, okay, this is, this works, but it's missing some things that I feel like could make this even easier. And so I bought a Mantis and started playing with that, with that saddle. And I was using it and I was like, man, like my fir- very first product was rope tenders, like Prusik tenders, distal hitch, Swabish hitch tenders that just literally move your hitch up your rope easier. So you don't have to like unloosen the knot and push it up yourself. Um, so it's kind of like the poor man to sender or the lazy person that doesn't want to try to unloosen their hitch. Um, so that was my first product um, that I brought. And it was kind of like a soft release. Like I shared it within a Facebook group and said, what do you guys think? Is this something that makes sense to you? It's made a world of a difference for me and I don't have to buy a Ropeman, which is saving me 45 to 90 bucks if you buy two of them. And so right away, guys were like, oh, this is awesome. And it wasn't anything super crazy. It was just something that solved the problem that I had with my system. Um, So with engineers and with my background, especially where I work, um, I was in a quality role for the business that I'm in now or for the company I work for now. Um, And we're just solving problems. We're finding problems and we're just trying to come up with a solution. And so that's, that's how my brain's wired. So that was one of them. That was my very first product. I sold, I started, I sold the guys. Um, And then next I went down and I was like, man, this isn't like your traditional, like I can screw into a tree um, kind of thing and hang like my bow or my gear. And so like, what is there that is out there that I can use for that? And that was kind of the next step is, okay, I need to make a bow hanger. Like I just need to make a bow hanger that works on public land, but also works with any type of system, whether it's a tethered his strap or a paracord or just one inch strap, um, you name it, and steel daisy chain, fill in the blank. So I came up with my next product, which is our little, little and long bow hanger. Um, so I think with almost all the products that I have, they're just literally, I play around with the product. I'm like, I find what I don't really like about the product. And then I come up with something that I feel like makes it better or makes the system more complete. So that's kind of, that's kind of my, my mindset when I come up with different ideas or designs and whatnot. Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Um, I'm looking at uh, this stuff. Go ahead, Greg, actually, cause I know there's a delay, so I don't want to interrupt you. You go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's that's kind of what we have to do as DIYers is try to uh, try to fill in the blanks or fill in the gaps where we see it. And then, you know, you amongst a handful of others have come out with some pretty cool products that now I don't have to go and engineer something right out of my uh, right out of my basement junk pile here to, to make work. Uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet to see all that stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Do you like? Thank you. Do you have like a, a commercial grade 3D printer then? That like are your products all 3D printed products, or um, are you at some point like taking them further down the the life cycle of like uh, supply chain and production, et cetera? Or are they all in their finished product as a 3D printed product? So um, all my products are all just 3D printed. There's a few that have like. Like one that I just released actually last week has a like cam bolt system like you would see on a uh, a bike seat kind of thing to keep the seat tight. Um, some set screws, stuff like that. But those are just a few products. But pretty much I would say 
85% of my products are literally just 100% 3D printed. And the printers that I use are not like a big industrial commercial grade one that you would see if you walk into like Ford or GM or Toyota, like any of those car manufacturers that are using these huge printers that can use like carbon fiber, um, nylon, all these different exotic types of 3D printed filament. Um, yeah, mine, mine are just a desktop kind of printers that anybody could buy off Amazon. Um, I've just kind of upgraded them to be able to handle the different environments that I'm trying to print. Um, so it's it just comes down to knowing what you're trying to do with your printers and then just kind of uh, adapting your setup to basically make it work. So like right now I have eight full-time printers that are printing constantly. And then I have two spares that I'm kind of working on making like upgrades to or like maintenance stuff, PM stuff like that. And then I do have a different printer that's a totally different type of printing, but it's just kind of sits idle and whatnot. Dude, that's incredible. That's a ton of printing going on. I got to imagine, like if you're, you know, having a good strong season and people are learning about this product that you have, I mean, like 3D printed products are by default, I think just lighter too, right? Like it's not heavy. Mm -hmm. And the no, strength based on, the on... The cool thing is you can... Yeah, go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. No, I was just going to add on to that. Like the, the cool thing about like what you're saying is lighter and the strength, I'm, I'm assuming you're going to get to, but the strength of it is I can, I don't have to print it solid. I can print like a structural, like infill is what they call it, but I can change it to be like varying, um, like different uh, styles. It's hard to explain it to people because I know not everybody knows 3D printer lingo, um, but basically you can alternate the layers in it to make it even stronger than almost a solid piece. Okay. Sure. So... It's almost like adding trussing inside to it. Mm-hmm. Mm pretty neat and the fact that you have that many going like i wasn't sure if you were doing this on demand and you just got like one printer like all right let's get i mean maybe that's how you started and but it sounds like you're reinvesting into this business and you know being able to i, I almost thought it was like more like on demand like oh i'm gonna order this and you're gonna print it up i'm gonna get it hot off the press so to speak but it makes sense that you can literally print your inventory um and based on based on demand and when you know that's gonna come that's so cool that's so cool because I know some of these yeah, other I companies actually, have like issues, no offense at all, like especially with COVID and everything going on. But like there's there's a number of folks that I've talked to in the space that are like, we can't get inventory fast enough. Like if we had it, we would sell it. We get it. It's gone. So like it sounds like you certainly don't have to worry about that. No, that's that's the thing. It's um, my wife uh, challenged me. Um, I would say challenged me or called me out because I was doing the print to order kind of thing, made on demand kind of thing. And it got to a point where people were rearing up for like hunting season and they were just throwing in orders left and right because they were excited and they want to try new stuff. And I was just like, I have over a hundred orders and I can't keep up right now. <laughs> and so she's like, why don't you just switch to having an inventory? Like just do it at your pace. And that made a world of a difference because the side thing is like those companies that can't keep up because of COVID, the biggest challenge for me and I'm sure for them is customers just asking like, do you have an update? Do you have an update? And it's like, no, I don't, unfortunately. I wish I did, but I don't. Um, but it's just one of those things. Maybe it's the mentality of 
everybody has Amazon and they can get it in two days to four days or whatever. So they expect that from other companies. I don't know. It's, it's hard, but yeah, switch, we switched to inventory just before the season started and it's made a world of difference and it's pretty awesome to be able to just basically pull that inventory and ship it out to guys. That's cool. So when an order comes in, you're just fulfilling the order rather than creating the product and then fulfilling the order. And I got to imagine that must have felt pretty stressful. Sounds like your wife's pretty smart. <laughs> that's great that you got her on your side, man. That's a, it's probably, it's got to be a big positive change. And you know, the whole thing about Amazon and, and all of that is, you know, something could be, you know, I, I could get in two days or four weeks that the only thing that I've learned in doing everything I do um, is communication if it's going to be four weeks, people can wait, but they just want to know about it. They want to know, like, like when you order a freaking pizza, oh, it's in the oven. Oh, we've received your order. It's in the oven. Oh, it's in the car. Oh, it's on its way. Oh, it's 10 stops away. Like those kind of like updates seem to satisfy people in a weird way. I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know what psychological thing is happening in the human brain, but it like when I got my notification today that my product was, you know, 10 doorsteps away and I didn't, <laughs> I ordered it like a long time ago. I forgot all about it, but I'm like, oh yeah, that's right cool. It's going to be here. You know, I get excited all over again. <laughs> yep. So that's interesting. That's just the whole fulfillment process. But, um, so you have what, 30 products and they all seem to be like complementary to other products, uh, in some way, shape or form. Yep. Do you have yeah, a favorite? I'm, I'm glad you said, what'd you say? Oh, go ahead. If you were going to add on to that, please. But I was, I was going to ask if you have like a favorite one or one that you use the most or like you've gotten the most value out of or seen the most sales from. Well, I, for one thing, I didn't realize I had 30 products. I can't keep up with how many I have. So I'm <laughs> glad you said that because I always was kind of curious how many I actually had. Um, At least that's what your website says. The, so the product I use. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the product that I probably use the most just because I literally use it on every single hunt. I mean, I use multiple products on every single hunt, but like the, probably the most obvious one is my bow hanger. Um, that thing is just like, I mean, I literally take that with me every time because I need to hang my bow, but, um, it's just a really solid, um, system for me. And it just, it just can go anywhere on a tree anywhere as in like you can put it on a branch just kind of going off the side if you want that's kind of straight up and whatnot um but that's kind of i would say the product that i've gotten the most use out of and that's probably my favorite now it's not the easiest one for me to print and manufacture but <laughs> it's definitely one of my favorite ones for sure yeah because that one's got like a bracket or a brace or a hinge or something like that you know it looks like so I imagine there's a little bit more to that one it's not just a single piece Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, I, I basically print two pieces and then I have to drill out the two holes just to kind of clean them up. And then I push a stainless steel dowel pin through it. So create that hinge, but it's nice just because it can fold up and basically be compact and you don't have to have this huge arm kind of thing sticking out your pocket. And oh man, I'm laughing because I have a huge hook. That's like this rope contraption. It's like an old, uh, step rope step system. And it's one of the, one of the ones left. And I think my dad has one too. So we're both really proud of that, <laughs> but it is, it's bulky, you know, it's like this big thing. <laughs> so very effective. It's just not as compact as what you're talking about. So I totally know what you mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's nice that it does fold up and you can tuck it away and put it right on a strap. I mean, that's better than what I'm using. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, 
pretty nice product. I, I really, I'm happy with the way it turned out. What are, um, like some of the things on the horizon in an ideal world and or like a, the reality of a world, like what are, what are you planning here going into 2021 and, and forward if there is a plan? Um, I would say we're keeping our, our minds open as to kind of like what, um, like God has planned for us. So Hope and I, my wife are pretty firm, uh, in our faith and whatnot. Um, and we're just kind of one of those things, like we have no clue what 21, uh, 2021 has planned for us. Shoot. 2020 was a whirlwind for everyone, especially for anyone who is in a small business. So I, I would say I'm excited because man, oh man, there's so many new products released by companies this last year, even with COVID, I don't, I don't get how, how it happened, but like for the hunting mobile hunting industry, there are so many new stuff coming out. So for me, that's nice because I can create products for those products. So it's kind of a nice thing when they do that. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm anxious to see what more new things are going to be coming to market. Yeah. It's kind of like an ecosystem, you know, they're, yeah, you're part of the industry and they release products and you're kind of on the fringe of that. So it's almost like, you know, uh, someone releases an iPhone and then someone manufactures a case, right? You could 3D print a case for that and that would be part of your ecosystem. Um, if they release a new phone, business could be good for you. So in this case, hunting products, if they're releasing them, it's good for you. That's pretty, uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that way, actually, <laughs> when, you, when you think about it. Um, and there were, yeah, a number of saddles that came out. I know ones that uh, Greg and I are looking to try out here um, are from Latitude Outdoors. They have the two-piece system, um, so that'll be hopefully some that will be in our arsenal for 2021. But there's all sorts of fun, new oh, fandangled yeah. things. We trying all the camera arms, like because self-filming is so big. I mean, my gosh, tons of stuff. Yeah, it's it's crazy with all the new stuff coming out, and like you said, the saddles are coming out left and right. And that actually, that Latitude saddle was a saddle I was able. Um, fortunate enough to be asked to beta test that one um, last year so you won't be disappointed with it at all i've been running that all season That's along cool. with the tx5 yeah and alex is from your area right like he's in michigan over there too that's correct yeah him and uh kevin's actually in grand rapids i think alex is more on the east side but he's he travels all over the place so but yeah they're both in michigan and jake is the other guy on their team i think he's on the east side too okay yeah, they got some cool stuff going on over there. Um, I had another thought here about like the future of all of this stuff, but I mean, at what point, like, could you 3D print a bow? <laughs> like, is that even possible? You know, like, or cams? Like, where where are the limitations of this? I guess, like, where, like, seriously, yeah, what, is that too much or is that is that doable? You know, I don't know. Like, I literally don't know. <laughs> um, I, I would say with a bow, um, I'm nervous to print it, but there are definitely machines that like you're like we were talking about commercial grade machines that could handle that there's actually printers that um companies are using to 3d print products to sell to like aerospace industry so there's definitely like if you're thinking about a bow and making that thing last um if a printer can print stuff for an aerospace like an, an airplane and meet all the regulations that it needs to meet then yeah sure they can they can do it um, just depends on how much money you want to uh, pay up front for this really nice printer and all the 
exotic material that you're going to print with. So yeah, it's, it's doable. Just not with my printers. I wouldn't do it. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's cool. Though, cause like, thing is, because then you can shoot for the moon, right? Like you'd be like, well, let's see where this really goes. Cause I imagine it's so far, at least from what I've seen, there's nobody else uh, aiming this at the hunting space. Like you are the only one I'm aware of. Um, that being said, I imagine as people learn about you, there may be newcomers or competitors or what have you. So then it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, how far can I take this? What can I do? Or how do I reinvest to make sure our stuff is, you know, quality, um, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there, like you said, there's, I think you notice that like with saddle companies, like you had two saddles, actually technically three saddles that kind of were in the industry. And then all these kind of other saddles just start shooting out of nowhere, really. Um, I've actually noticed that a little bit, few small companies starting up with 3d printing stuff and which is fine. I, I'm excited to see guys bring innovative solutions, um, to market for guys like me. Um, so it's, it's one of those things, like you said, though, there are going to be companies that are going to start up and they're going to print stuff that looks almost identical to your things, but it's, 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 it's kind of one of those things like my, my slogan or my catchphrase for my business. I don't know what you would say, what would you call it, but it's um, basically saying like, we're um, all about innovation. So um, rooted in innovation is my tagline. So guys can try to recreate what I've already created, but my goal is to be on to something totally different that just keeps going. I'm trying to push the envelope and find new things that are just not existent. So that's, you got to kind of stay on your toes in any industry and honey industry for sure. Um, so I don't know, 3d printings. It's just, I think there's, it's just going to start right now. I think there's going to be a lot more guys saying I can do that. Yeah. Well, that, that industry is going to, at some point, maybe it'll be commoditized. You know, I, I think it's got a little bit of a ways to go, but you know, I've, you know, I work for a technology company, so we've helped support it for some 3d printers, uh, some big ones here in the state. And, seeing some of those things firsthand where it's like literally the only one in the entire state. And it's like this multi-million dollar machine and you can like click a button and it'll print this thing. It's like, Holy crap. Um, you know, I don't even understand the, the full scope of that world <laughs> what it can really do, but it seems as though at some point it's going to be easy for anybody to print whatever the hell they want. And, um, like maybe print a platform or a tree stand or a bow or whatever. Right. And not to say, obviously you have to have some engineering chops and know how to, build and design something that can withstand certain tolerances and weights and things of that nature. But, um, you know, an engineer like yourself who has that background, it'd be really cool to just be like, I'm going to make this better. I'm going to print that. That's, it's just such a neat concept to me that that's what you're doing. Yeah. I think the funny thing is I've this year I use, um, some 3d printed steps that I use as kind of like a ring of steps for my saddle platform. Um, so it, I mean, that's like the craziest I get with it. Last year I built custom sticks that the standoffs and the steps were both um, 3D printed <laughs> and it actually held up. So it's, it's one of those things like it's doable. It just depends on how far you want to take it. Yeah. But Greg, what's one thing we could use like a handle. If I could strap a handle to where you climb into your tree stand rather than hanging a whole nother step, you know, just obviously the step works fine, but if I don't have to carry another step or that handle gets me there safely and, and et cetera, like maybe I just strap a little handle onto the tree that's 3d printed and super lightweight and yeah. compact and, you know, 
there's an idea. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I, like I, I would think that my ideas are dumb. I think someone's probably going, dude, just use the climbing stick. But no, what if I had a handle? Maybe I would use that. Yeah, if you got something that can handle your girth, you'll be fine. <laughs> my lankiness? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, Reinhardt commented in, in the comments on the live broadcast. He asked, does it only cut plastic? Um, it actually doesn't cut. It's, um, it, my printers only do plastic, but what it, how I, the best way to explain how 3D printers work is it's like a hot glue gun hooked up to uh, a computer. And basically, it's melting plastic in a precise motion. So it's kind of like, I think most people think it's cutting, like a CNC machine. It's the sure. same technology, same kind of concept, but instead of cutting, it's actually extruding material. Got it. Interesting. Layering on top, letting it dry, layering on top, letting it dry, and it builds, 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 builds. And then you said like you can change it so it like laces it one way and then another way uh, for cross members or making it stronger, what have you. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so it does layer by layer. So, um, yeah, there's all different settings you can set on the 3D printers for like how high the layers are going to be, how much of the wall, how many walls you're going to print, um, and like the spacing between the walls, and then how percentage of how full you want the the inside to be. Um, yeah, there's sure. there's so much you can do to make it as much as you really want it to. That's cool. So um, when you develop a product when you develop a product, are you kind of going through and trying to, you know, mathematically equate what, what tolerances you need for a certain brake strength and all that? I, I would assume you must be. Yeah. So like it, so with my products, um, I don't have any products that are kind of life threatening in a way, like your life is on the line. Um, yeah. So like a climbing really stick want... or a tree stand or a platform. Yeah, correct. So um, the so pretty much that kind of reduces the the work I need to put into the testing part of making sure that they're going to with they're going to handle the stress or the load that's going to be put on them. Um, so I don't have to do extensive work on like what you just described. Um, the amount of work that I've done, um, probably the most extensive is I put my bow hangers on the Instron and basically tested how much force it took to break them. Um, and it, it was kind of funny because I set it to max out at 50 pounds. That's like, nobody's going to have a 50 pound bow. So just stop at 50 pounds. Cause I just didn't want anything to just break on this machine. Um, so it basically pushed my bow hangers to the point where they took the 50 pounds and then went back to their rest position. So they, basically didn't even plastically deform. They just literally just bend and then they pop back up. So that's cool. I know I hang, I hung my backpack on my like metal hook that I have. I hope it's not 50 pounds. <laughs> it would be ridiculous if it were, but that is a, that's a pretty big weight. Uh, in the comments, Levi, one of our, <laughs> one of our buddies out there um, in Wyoming uh, said three print some rattlers and some T post steps. Those were his ideas oh, when we were talking okay. about ideas. Gotcha. You know, what's funny is when I've actually had a, like a bag full of plastic parts that I was digging through, I think it was, I think it was my friend at work. I was just trying to find a part that I brought to work to show him. And he's like, that kind of sounds like a bag of rattling antlers. 
I was like, I guess I could do like a bag full of failed parts that I throw <laughs> on the garbage and say, here's your rattling bag. There you go. That's an interesting one. I know there's like rattling bags and they, I don't know. There's like, I would be concerned about the authenticity of the sound to the animal. Like, does it sound like a real antler or not? But I don't know. I've never really rattled in it. I've yeah. rattled in a deer once in my hunting career. It worked, but it was real antlers. And there's a lot of stomping around on the ground and stuff like that. But um, that's cool, man. See, I mean, like you're already getting people that are yeah. like throwing ideas at you. And we're just, you know, there's only a couple people watching right now. We don't have a lot of folks on the live broadcast. I assume because most people are at deer camp with no cell reception. <laughs> just blame it on that now. Not how okay we are. <laughs> but Yeah. It's funny that you say like the ideas are coming in. Like that's part of what's made Genesis 3D printing so like popular and just grow is people just want to help and contribute. And that's the cool thing about 3D printing. You don't have to spend a bunch of money on tooling and time um, just to get the tooling up and running and the cost. You can literally come up with an idea, design it, print it, see if it works. If it doesn't, go back to the drawing board. Yeah. Yeah, I got to imagine the designing part's not super easy you gotta know how to use cad and like actually understand different things and like build something uh i have a friend that's an engineer he's worked for harley davidson and uh you know he got to design some like pretty cool stuff for the for the motorcycles and i remember he took one on a test drive that had never seen daylight before because he had to test the tolerance of a part he designed and i say in quotation marks test the tolerance (laughs) like you don't want to go for a joyride um but it seems like it's such a cool field, man. I, I don't have that mindset at all. I'm not wired the way that you guys are. And um, it's super cool. It's super cool that you can just literally create like that, like tangible items, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool when my mind, like my mind got shifted because I got sick of printing stuff that just sat on my desk at work or like trinkets and stuff that didn't do anything. They just looked cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I need to functionally do something with these printers or with this printer that I have. Yeah, it's dope. Uh, Levi commented, he said he'd definitely buy a T-post step. So at least he'll sell one. Is that is that is that basically to get up like a, a metal fence post in a way so you don't have to get caught by the barbed wire? Is that what he's entailing? I feel like that's what he's saying. Uh, you know, Levi, I don't know. Send a picture in the chat here. Let's see what you're talking about. Um, I know our friends over at uh, Wicked North, they make something out of plastic for that, but it's like this, you know, you put it on top of a fence and you can push down with your hand without slicing your hand open. Um, I believe he has, I don't think he makes it, but I think, well, maybe he does. I'm not actually sure, but I know he's got one of those on his website for sale. Um, he's like got a couple products, mm-hmm. but that's one of them. I usually just make Greg hold it down for me like a gentleman and then I, I'm the lady, so then I just take a nice step over it. I might have to actually let my hand slide once when you uh, <laughs> when you got one leg slung over. Uh, so Levi- we can sing you, get you singing soprano. Uh-huh. Levi said yes. That's exactly what it is. It looks like a dirt bike peg. Uh, okay, that's what I figured. Interesting. Try it out. Tipo step. Look at that. Product market fit on the money. That's cool. Well, dude, tell us, um, you know, I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk about there. I mean, we could talk about it for a while, but uh, I wanted to hear your most memorable hunt because this is a hunting podcast and obviously we're talking about gear and products and things like that, but I'd love to hear your most memorable hunt. I know you shared a memorable hunt earlier on, but what is the most memorable hunt that you've had? Interesting. It's, it's, a, it's a, I have two hunts that are most memorable 
And I'll do the one with uh, my dad because it just seems like, I don't know, that one will last forever. I did get caught with my pants down on a bus, though. So that was the other story I was going to say. But I did shoot him, so <laughs> it's, it was a tie between this one and that one. So, um, But this story, basically, I was hunting behind our house uh, here in Ravana, um, and it's basically private land. Um, my dad and I were talking to each other. He decided he was going to go hunting that platform stand I mentioned earlier in the podcast. And I was like, okay, I'll go hunt in this other ladder stand that is like maybe 150, 200 yards away. I can, we can both see each other from it. And it was just towards the tail end of the rut. Um, I think it was for us, actually, it probably would have been almost a year to this, uh, not a year, but like to this day, it would have been, I think, four years ago. Um, we were sitting there and a bunch of does kind of, uh, well, my cousin was plowing the field, um, and then she finished plowing the field after they picked the soybeans out and like literally right after she finished plowing and getting out, these does started coming out into the field just to kind of see what was out there that they could feed on. And then there was, oops, sorry. So basically these does come out and then sure enough, here comes this really nice um, broken off 10 point. It was a nine point, but had, had it was a 10 point at one time. So he comes running out, chasing does all around and he comes running right into my dad, um, chasing this doe. And I was like, he's going to shoot him. It's, it's going to happen. And then this doe just kind of veers off and then starts running away from my dad and just does he doesn't get a shot at him. And so, you know, when bucks are chasing does in the rut, it's just kind of chaos everywhere. And, this doe just starts to lead him towards my direction. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I get ready and she kind of leads him kind of, I think it was like 46 yards from me. I, I put the pin on him and I just let her fly and just complete pass through, just smoked him, And he maybe went 75 yards and just piled up in the field. Now, the reason why that was the most memorable is because my dad was literally, he told me, he's like, from my angle, I had my binoculars on him, and he's like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And all he saw was this lighted knock go flying through the deer. (laughs) (laughs) And just being able able to witness that and, like, kind of being able to live it, uh, live in the moment with me through that, that was a pretty cool experience and a pretty cool hunt. That's awesome to have your dad there on a hunt. And, and if that didn't happen right for him to be there with you, even just be out with you, um, and not witness, it would be a really special thing. It was a special thing for me when I, I got a doe from the ground with my bow, my first, you know, deer with a bow and he didn't see any of it go down, but he was there. And I was like, man, I'm like a grown man. And I feel like a little kid that my dad's here with me. It's so cool. So that is, that is pretty awesome. man. they got to like literally in his mind say, shoot, shoot, shoot. And then watch it happen. That's freaking crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a cool, cool hunt. How about that, man? How's your season going so far this year? Just like, uh, I don't know when your guys' season what? ends and starts and all that stuff it, in Michigan. So yeah, it ends January 1st for us. Um, it's been, it's been a little, um, slow and hit or miss here and there. I did have a few really good encounters on public land up North where my in-laws are at. Um, in Michigan 
and had two really mature bucks chasing a doe past me up there for one set pre-rut. Um, but other than that, I haven't had a ton of chances at, I haven't really seen a ton of mature bucks, which is fine. Um, it just means I'm just going to try to tough it out and see if I can whack a doe here. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool if you could uh, talk to Greg about that. He's gotten two does so far, so he's the doe killer in Wisconsin. Isn't that right, Greg? Well, I try. I left a few out there for you. I did I did pass. That is true. So. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see any does with my bow at all, not one. And then gun hunting, all I saw was does. Totally switched up on me, so I'm happy with everything so far. But I saw a total of five bucks with my bow in my hand. Actually, I think six technically, one when I was in a canoe, but like that wasn't real. I couldn't have ever even thought about taking a shot of that one. It happened all so fast, but my bow was with me in my hand. So um, I think six bucks this season I've had eyes on and luckily got to seal the deal with one. I did miss one though too. Uh, so that sucks, but zero does, Greg, and you've only seen the does. I think it's because Greg was literally trying to make sure I could get a buck. So he put me in all the best spots, <laughs> which it worked. Can't say I never did anything for you then. That's true. You've done plenty. You've done, you've done plenty. <laughs> Take that negative or positive. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, dude, all good. Uh, you know, Austin, how do, how do people find you? Where should they engage? Like I'm assuming you're on all of the prominent social channels, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, maybe you're on TikTok or Snapchat. I don't know. Like obviously you have a website, um, help people figure out where to go to, to take a look at some of your stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So for social media, I don't have a TikTok account, never really gotten into that app. So you won't find me on there or even Snapchat, but Instagram and Facebook, um, my page on both of those or accounts are Genesis 3d printing, pretty simple because it's the same as our business name. Um, website is Genesis 3d printing.com. Um, we do have a YouTube channel too, um, just to kind of help explain some of our products. Um, so you can check that out. That's a Genesis 3D printing. Uh, that's basically just kind of help, helpful for guys because most of our products are kind of new and very innovative. So it's kind of unique looking at it. You're like, what does this actually do? And how do I install it? <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of the different places that you can come check us out at. Good to go. Genesis3dprinting.com. Take a look. Uh, I like the way your site is set up. You have your products kind of categorized like bow hanger, climbing stick, platform. So you kind of know what you're getting into. If you just go straight to products, I think you're right about that. Like people be like, well, what is this? How does this work? But if you follow kind of the hierarchy of your site, you'll be in good shape. Um, and then if you have a YouTube channel, back that up. That's smart. So people can kind of get a sense of, okay, how does this work? What does it do? Et cetera. So that's good to go. Um, and you and I corresponded on Instagram. Mm -hmm. I think Greg reached out to you initially. So clearly you're present there and responsive. So that was great. Um, obviously if I was like a paying customer, it'd be good to know that I could get a hold of you. Um, that's always a big deal for folks. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, dude, thanks for your time on the show tonight. Thanks for taking time away. Uh, you have a lot going on. You're very busy. So we appreciate it. Um, this episode will be produced tonight. We'll tag in everything once it's live and, uh, yeah, we'll end the live broadcast. I, you know, obviously some questions had come through and some comments, but we we got to them all. So uh, it was good to hear from some folks in the audience. Yeah, I appreciate you guys uh, asking me to come on. It's it's always fun when guys ask me to come on podcasts. I 
I always have a good time just kind of catching up uh, with guys and just kind of getting to know them and sharing some of the stuff that we're working on and uh, just uh, behind the scenes stuff. That's awesome. Well, thanks again. Cool. Yeah, thanks, thank guys. you. All right, the tip of the week this week. Uh, it is a holiday week, so it's a short week, and uh, you know we had some folks pop in on our live broadcast night, ask some good questions in the comments section. So thanks for doing that, and thanks everybody for supporting us uh, by giving us your ears and listening and tuning in and sharing and liking and all that good stuff and help spreading the word. We appreciate the reviews and the ratings that have been coming through on like iTunes and stuff like that. So um, you know we talk about what we're thankful for. We're certainly thankful for all of you, our patrons, our listeners, our friends. Our partners, um, you know, this show has just grown so, so much, uh, especially this year. Um, we've made tons of new friends, like genuine, legitimate friends, people that, you know, like myself and Greg talk to on a regular basis that like we enjoy talking to. Um, so it's just been a really fun time. <clears throat> um, and I'm just trying to think about and per- kind of perseverate on what I'm thankful for and I'm really thankful for this platform. I'm thankful that people choose to give us their attention, uh, their eyes and their ears, and that they support us. You know, when I shot that buck earlier this year, my first bow buck ever on public land, um, the number of people that like reached out to congratulate me from like a place of uh, authenticity and, and genuine, um, I don't know, happiness for me was really cool. I mean, it's just it's a pretty cool space to be a part of. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of folks that'll poo-poo uh, the quote-unquote hunting industry but from the lens that I look at it through uh, it's it's a good it's a good space it's a good thing to be a part of and we're happy to be contributing to it in some small small way um, and making friends along the way so anyways thankful for everybody uh, that's been along for the ride and continues to support us and all that good stuff uh, we'll be back in full force uh, next week uh, we'll, be, we'll be talking with um Dan Johnson with Nine Finger Chronicles. I believe that's December 1st, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we're, you know, taking a break from uh, the Tactic Talk as the season kind of winds down. We're also um, taking a break on the most memorable hunts. We're building a new kind of library of them as we have more guests on. And we'll be spinning that back up soon. So right now the main focus really is just the call-in show. Rut Club Radio will be taking, uh, we'll be ending that too after December. So, um, you know. More fun stuff to come for the new year. Our tip of the week this week, by the way, since I'm here, is uh, kind of just reflecting on the gun season, uh, at least the gun opener here in Wisconsin. I uh, you know, got to spend some time with not our full deer camp uh, party because some folks were sick and couldn't make it, and you know, we played it pretty safe with all of that. Um, but it was really good to just see people that we haven't seen in a while and uh, it was really good to get out in the woods. Cell reception is just garbage there. So it was just awesome to be really disconnected. I didn't watch a single news headline or read any news articles. Or I, I didn't listen to any news on the radio. I, I just um, really enjoyed looking at the stars before the woods woke up um, early in the morning. You know, I was already out in my spot at like 5.05 on Sunday and like 5.15 on Saturday. And it was just peaceful. It was nice. So that being said, the tip of the week is disconnect uh, if you can. Enjoy things. Don't take things for granted. This is a time of year to be thankful. Be thankful for what you have. Um, be thankful for any opportunities you've been given this year. I know it's been a rough year for a lot of folks, so 
Um, you know, hunting has been a, the savior <laughs> for us. Uh, we've been doing a lot of grilling and spending a ton of time outdoors and chasing whitetails, and it's helped keep me sane, uh, to say the least. So I'm thankful for the public lands that we have and, and um, all of the opportunities we get to be out there and the fact that, you know, people are by and large still good. Um, so the tip of the week this week is don't take things for granted. Find find what you're thankful for and appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the moments that you have a field. They are um, worth their weight in gold, every minute of it. So I think uh, what I said on today's episode uh, with Austin was that uh, hunting is is just such a such a a bonus, and getting a deer is like the extra bonus. But like hunting in and of itself is is the bonus to life, and getting a deer is the bonus to hunting. That's what I said. Um, so enjoy yourselves out there. Have a great, happy Thanksgiving and, uh, yeah, on public. Good luck out there. Hopefully everyone's having a great season so far. 